I am here right now with someone who almost needs no introduction, but Dr. Simone Gold, who has had the most incredible journey over the last probably three years, and um, who's also someone that I personally think is an American hero. You're someone that is fighting every single day to save this country, save uh, our children, and save just the citizens of this country. And what you've been through, though, is almost like I know I know we don't have a ton, a ton of time in this particular segment, but I'm sure at some point we'll get an opportunity to have a longer conversation. But it's almost hard to articulate what you've been through, I can imagine, in, in the last three years. You're a doctor. You're a lawyer. You spoke out. You're one of the first voices to speak out against what was happening with these vaccine mandates. And, you know, I always talk about the fact that that these vaccines are clearly not about public health and safety. And, and, I say, and I say the word vaccine very, very cautiously, because if you can still acquire and transmit the virus, it, public health and safety has nothing to do with, with, with whatever this agenda is. Um, you were persecuted, you were arrested, and you've been released. Tell me, just I, I guess let's just dive into your journey. What compelled you to speak out? Yes, so I am an experienced I was formerly board certified. I'd let my boards go, as you probably know. Lots of us have been jammed up by the boards. So, but I was an experienced emergency physician when the, the pandemic came. And I was really struck by the amount of lies that were being told to the American people. You know, I'm on the front lines. I'm treating patients. I could see what it was. If you had diabetes, if you were overweight, if you had dialysis, things like that, yes, you could do very badly. But the average person who was young or healthy or middle-aged and healthy, even older and healthy, was going to be okay. Plus, there was early treatment. So I was struck by the magnitude of the lies. Also, because I'm a lawyer, I was really shocked that our government was restricting doctors. In my state of California, I got a letter from the governor that said, if I prescribed early treatment, the kind that Dr. McCullough was proposing, if, and Zelenko, if I prescribed that, I could lose my license. That was astonishing to me. So I knew from the beginning. And, and never before, by the way, have, has that ever happened, that has never happened. In, in, in the medical system that we have in the United States. Right. So the way our medical system works is that the FDA authorizes drugs to be sold. And they do lots and lots of safety trials to make that happen. Once a drug is FDA approved, it's up to the doctor and the doctor's education, discretion, experience to decide what to do. Off-label, on-label, it's irrelevant. It's not a distinction doctors make. So I was really struck by, by the fact that we had a medical issue, but we absolutely had a legal crisis. I knew this was trying to take down our constitutional republic, and I started speaking out, as you said, very, very early. And then I organized a lot of us freedom doctors uh, to the White Coat Summit on July 27, 2020, and speaking out loudly ever since. So I really became targeted by the media, by the government. And one day, was January 6th, was a regular speaking engagement day for me. I spoke on the 3rd, I spoke on the 5th, I spoke on the 6th, and I spoke on the 10th. I was an invited guest speaker at the Capitol on January 6th. The day, of course, did not go as planned, but I was an invited guest speaker, and I always want to stress that. Ultimately, I was arrested along with other Gen 6 arresters. Of course, I was nonviolent. Of course, I spent my life trying to save lives. I was speaking. I was giving a health freedom speech, medical freedom, civil liberties, and that was what I was arrested for. And ultimately, I took a plea deal because it's too difficult to get a fair, it's impossible to get a fair jury uh, trial in D.C. And the judge sentenced me to 60 days in maximum security prison, which was really extraordinary for a first-time nonviolent misdemeanor trespass offense. So it was very clear when you put all these pieces together, it's just to silence people. I also went through a very violent arrest where the FBI really broke down my door with battering rams, and it was, it was just horrific. But I didn't, I, I, none of it is going to stop me from speaking out. And the reason I speak out, it's, it's partly for the fact of people's health and their lives. And the other part, though, probably the bigger, is, is to save our nation. So we are clearly ushering in tyranny through the gateway door of medical tyranny. 
So that's where honorable ethical doctors come to play. Doctors like Dr. Malone and McCullough and, and Alexander and all those doctors, and that's the lane we're in. And we are here at americasfrontlinedoctors.org to give you citizens information so you can fight back you know, on the local level. And also we need to bring a better way to give people medical answers. So we launched, I'm launching, goldcare.com. Goldcare.com is a way that you can find an ethical, honorable doctor who has no bias against helping you. There's no middleman of insurance in between. A lot of, basically everything that went wrong in the last two or three years in the medical space was you had a patient who thought that the doctor was working for them, but they weren't. The doctor was actually working for somebody else, like the insurance company, policy set by Medicare, or the hospital policy the hospitals are incentivized by Medicare. We needed to remove that middleman, and that's what goldcare.com does. So um, that's an interesting point. It's, I actually read a statistic that, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you had something like 20% of doctors were associated with these big box, like the Kaiser Permanentes, the, the United Cares of the world. And now it's the inverse, that, that present day, you have something like 80% of doctors are associated with these big uh, insurance conglomerates, these, the, these big organizations, and so, it really almost handcuffs the medical community from, from... Very much so. So I just want to speak to that for a moment. So I'm a, I think the reason I saw this so clearly, doctor, lawyer, and also my father was a doctor. I grew up knowing medicine you know, since I was a baby. So doctors used to be small business owners. In my father's day, let's say through the 70s, and even maybe through the early 80s, the vast majority of doctors, probably 85, 90%, maybe 95%, were small business owners. That's completely inverted. There's about 70% of doctors now are employees. So like other Americans, they follow their paycheck. Right, they're beholden to that system. So there's, they're no longer practicing. And I always say, feels very much like they're no longer practicing in accordance with their Hippocratic they're Oath. They're not. And may I just add, and we saw that also because you could look at it within the disciplines of medicine. So for example, pediatricians are almost all employees, but orthopedic surgeons or ophthalmologists or dermatologists or plastic surgeons are not. And you saw much more independence in that group than the pediatrician group. So, so here's what happened. I'll give you a, a kind of a tangible example of what, what I experienced very early on in this fight. And you've been in this fight much longer than I have. Uh, so, so early on, there was a seminar that was being given by Dr. Eric Ball out of Chalk Hospital in Orange County. Children's Hospital of Orange County is a prominent hospital. They treat pediat obviously pediatric population. They were holding a seminar of, for doctors that was how to talk to doc how to talk to patients that are um, resistant to getting their children vaccinated. So, so, so keep in mind, this is a doctor teaching other doctors. And he literally said, you don't tell parents about the real si negative side effects. I mean, I have this on, on screen. Like I actually have this screen recorded. Don't tell them about the negative, like things like myocarditis. We don't talk about the scary things that can happen. And all I could think was, my gosh, here is a person, here's a doctor teaching other doctors who are beholden to this healthcare system because they're all employees of Chalk Hospital in a, to, to essentially go against the Hippocratic Oath and to go against informed consent. Correct. So this is, my father's a Holocaust survivor. So the Nuremberg Code was developed because patients had to get informed consent, right? The Nazis wanted to experiment and one of the ways around that is to say you must give informed consent. So here we are, two generations removed from the Holocaust. We have the Hippoc uh, we have Hippocratic Oath, we have the Nuremberg Code, we have um, all the states and the federal government, again, I'm a lawyer, have enshrined into law the concept of informed consent. And informed consent just went out the window. That's right. It's, it, it's uh, what's amazing to me, you know, I ask doctors, if I go to my own doctor as an example, tell me how you as a medical practitioner 
understand and research the safety of this particular vaccine, considering that it's still under an emergency use authorization and we still don't technically know what's contained in this in these vaccines. And the answer is always, well, look, I just believe. I just believe. I, I, I just believe in the vaccine. I believe in vaccines. And there's and, 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 and let's talk about this for a second, because people ask all the time, well, I don't understand why you're outraged. We take the polio vaccine. We take the MMR. I, why are you so outraged? You must, you must have had many conversations, I'm sure, with Dr. Malone. And so the greatest public relations uh, move that they did was to call this a vaccine. Because vaccine is a nice, comforting word, right? Oh, this is a vaccine. It's, you know, it's like teddy bears and rainbows, and, right? No, it wasn't. They hijacked the word vaccine. A vaccine stops the transmission of the thing. If you look at the Pfizer and Moderna applications from December 2020 that they submitted to the FDA, it said clearly it did not stop the transmission. We knew it was going to lead to mutations. We knew it wasn't going to stop the transmission. It was not a vaccine by the common definition understanding of the word vaccine. I, right. And so... Now there is this mass push to suppress as much information, to vilify people like you. Uh, and I think they've done a very good job, although I think people are starting to wake up. And I think what's happened is we can no longer hide the, the amount of um, vaccine injury and sudden death that we're seeing in this country is outrageous. Uh, we now in California. So, so you, I'm a native California as well. We're, we're, we actually are based in California from the Unity Project, and uh, we have 2098, which just passed. Um, and, and I've talked at length about this on the podcast. But also, we have um, an, an agenda for um, administrators in schools to be trained to recognize pediatric cardiac emergencies. Can you imagine? I mean, from, from a medical professional standpoint, why is that outrageous? No, it, 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 okay, so when I try to teach people how to recognize propaganda in real time, one big clue is what did the data say prior to the controversy? Did we ever need such uh, you know, defibrillators in children's schools? Did we ever see children, young people, healthy people, athletes dropping dead on the, on the playing field? Did we ever see pilots having heart attacks in the cockpit? Absolutely not. Remember what the data showed prior to the controversy. That's how you can recognize propaganda in real time. Right. And and I, I will tell you that, and you know this is, is probably better than I do, organizations, uh, institutions like CDC, NIH are going to extreme lengths to suppress that information, which to me is also another red flag. Right. If you need to suppress it, it's not the truth. Right. The truth is not afraid of a lie. The lie is afraid of the truth. Right. So let's talk about your incarceration. I... I'm blown away. They put you in maximum security. I, for, for anyone, look, I, I've never uh, been incarcerated. I'm, I guarantee, without even asking, I know you had never been incarcerated up to this point. Knowing just a little bit about the, the incarceration system, to put someone in maximum security, they would have to be someone that is an absolute danger to themselves and more importantly, danger to and, and have exhibited historical behavior and actions of extreme danger and violence. They would have to be a danger to the guards. They would have to be a danger to the and you're sitting in front of me and I can tell you, you don't look like you're someone that, that would be uh, in, engaged in violent behavior and be able to overtake uh, multiple guards. Right. So you are correct. So the Bureau of Prison normally uses a, uh, a scale where they, they look at your past history. Have you ever been incarcerated? Was it violent? 
Um, do you use drugs? You know, do you have a stable life? They look at that. So by that scoring system, I of course was minimum, right? I should have been in a min. I shouldn't have been there at all. But if I was going to be in prison, it had to be in a minimum security place. It's a little bit of a mystery to me how they managed to send me to what's called FTC Miami, Federal Detention Center Miami. It is to this day I don't know how that decision came about. Uh, it did not match the own internal scoring system that the Bureau of Prison would have used. Right. Well, I mean, look, without them saying it, I think we know it was a tactic used to scare you. I think it was a tactic used to send a message to other doctors and other and anyone else that would dare to speak the truth and go against what is happening in this country. And um, I'm so glad that it didn't work. Yeah. I'm, I'm incredibly impressed and honored to, to be able to speak with you today. I... Um, keep up the good work. Please, please never stop speaking about this. I, I would say that um, you probably go to sleep at night knowing that you are single-handedly responsible for saving millions of lives in this country. And, and I hope you, and I hope you, you, that, you know, you know that and you carry that with you. Um, so we're just, we're, I'm thrilled to know you. I'm thrilled to, to have you on this. And, and I look forward to having a deeper conversation. Me too. Thank Looking you. as well. From all of us at The Unity Project, thank you for listening to today's podcast. We hope to continue producing content that amplifies voices, strategies, and resources. Please keep in mind that The Unity Project is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that relies on the contributions of our generous supporters to fuel the work we do in this movement. If you value our efforts, please consider making a tax-deductible contribution today by visiting our website at www.unityproject.com and clicking the donate button. We very much appreciate your continued support and confidence, without which our work wouldn't be possible.